This is Small Talk Podcast with DJ Ayers on Brooklyn Radio. All right, this is Small Talk. Uh, my name is DJ Ayers. I've got two guests with me. Um, and before we do even do introductions, I've got two words, and those are Bimbo Winehouse. Hmm. Okay. Bimbo Winehouse is the name of the tranny uh, <laughs> who's accusing Mr. C of uh, soliciting his uh, his prostitution services, and Mr. C just quit Hot 97 today, and today's uh, September 11th. Um, Wait, he got accused? Recording world. Yeah, so this is like the second or third, I think this is the third time he's gotten caught with like a, a male hooker with a wig, like either getting a blowjob in the car, or yeah. maybe the second time he was soliciting an undercover cop who was dressed as a woman, and then now somebody's like an, somebody else has come out and said, uh, Mr. C was trying to pay me for sex. But this person's like a known transvestite called Bimbo Winehouse, which is the best name ever for, for a transvestite. Uh, but also like, it just sucks so bad that he quit DJing on Hot 97 because people can't deal with that. In New York City, of all places. But people being their listeners. Or, I like, I know that he quit today, and I know about all that, but who actually told him he needed to leave? Well, that's what's unclear. Yeah. But it... Because the other DJs on Hot 97 seem to be really supportive of him, from what I've seen. The, I mean, Hot 97 is, like, owned by Clear Channel, yeah. right? So it sounds like, you know, they're just like, we don't want to deal, you know, deal with this... This, having this DJ who keeps getting in the papers all the time for soliciting male prostitutes. Because um, what, from what he said, he was like, I don't want to make, make anybody else have to go through this with me anymore. You know? And he's also said other times that like in front of a live audience that he has an addiction. That's what he said. Like he can't stop himself. But it, to me, it's so weird still. Like, I forget that people are homophobic. Yeah, I know. Because we live here. And we live here, out of all places, for people to be homophobic. Like, people move here so they can be a homo <laughs> and <laughs> <Right>. not phobic. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this like, started so fucking crazy <laughs> already. So much, so much. Did you follow that today? I did not. It was pretty crazy, it, actually. Yeah, it was wild on Twitter. Yeah. Today. Mm, I missed that. Uh, so Jess Jubilee is my guest who everybody knows already. And Rufio's uh, my guest who uh, people haven't heard on this show before. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to do an intro for you, but you do so much stuff that I feel like you should just tell people who you are yourself because I'm going to leave something out. No, I'm actually curious like what you to know what you know <laughs> or what do you think what you think you know. I mean, I know like probably 10%. Okay. Um, Well, I play drums um, with a couple of artists, and I DJ around town, and I make some beats that I think are pretty cool, and that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. We can like Uh, stem graph it if uh, you want. So you were on David Letterman recently. Yeah, that's not just playing drums for for some people. It's it is though. It, like I play, all right. So I play drums um, TV on the radio with Asher Roth, 
and with this new awesome soul singer from Chicago, Willis Earl Beal, who, uh, who's on a subsidiary of XL Records. Um, and yeah, like so I've been music directing a couple bands, Asher and Willis, and in between doing that stuff, I DJ because I fell in love with it and it's really fun. And yeah. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn, Bushwick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was born in Panama, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was born in Central America, moved to America when I was about three years old and grew up in Bushwick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so um, what, had you been on uh, the David Letterman show before? I have. Um, maybe two years ago. With TV on the radio? With TV on the radio. Is Maybe two and a half years ago. And when when you guys play, there's like, is there any involvement with Paul Schaefer and the band, or you, you guys just get a separate thing and you go and you do your song and then that's it? Yeah, that that's usually the case. But this time was kind of weird because when we came out, the band was still playing, so we got to sound check our instruments, and a couple of us just started jamming out with them. I feel like, I think they were playing like Michael Jackson or something like that, uh-huh. and um, yeah, we just started like fucking around. And they, <laughs> it looked like they were pretty stoked actually that we were, we were playing with them, but I can't tell. Um, but no, it's usually a separate thing. We go up there, um, we sound check, and then we play, we play the song that was prearranged, I yeah. guess, by I don't know who. It's, well, well, how does the clock work on that? Like, what is the timing like? How, how much time do you get to do I your song, it, and, and then what do they do after the song and all that? I think it varies. Usually, with Letterman, it's uh, at the end of the show. And um, it, I think they, well, you have, like, a, a dress rehearsal or te- uh, sound check or whatever. Um, and I guess they figure out how long the song is, or they base it on the recording, and they, like, they program the show according to that. So everything is super like sharp yeah well kind of you know they sharp. try to be yeah they try to be sometimes they they do a couple of whack ass bits that take a lot more time than they expected and they push everything back have you been bumped before from a show um no you haven't because I've, I've heard of that happening too like they'll announce that somebody was gonna play and yeah. then they get to the end of the show and they're like we're out of time i'm sorry to so and so oh really really yeah. i've never seen that before you I haven't, haven't? no no, I've never seen that before. I haven't watched late night television since the 90s, so they may have yeah. tightened it up a little bit. Speaking of that, I mean, Arsenio Hall's about to have a show again. I hope we get to play that. That would be Yeah, sick. that would be so sick. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, maybe. I just watched this thing that's on Netflix that everybody should watch, which was a biography of uh, Johnny Carson, um, which was really crazy. Uh and I'm 37, so I'm I'm old enough to have been a little kid when Johnny Carson was like starting to get whack, like <laughs> starting to get really whack when when he wasn't cool at all anymore. And you know, like when Letterman first started, and was just super weird. Mm-hmm. Like he's still pretty weird. He's he's pretty weird now. But then it was like low budget. It was almost like a Paul Rubin. <laughs> like low budget th- you know what I mean like it was almost like performance art the weird shit that they were doing it mm-hmm. didn't it it seemed like the first year of MTV or something the way that they were doing their shit because it, it it seemed really unscripted and like they couldn't get the best guests on there and they would spend a lot of time like throwing stuff off the roof and crushing things with a vice and all kinds of stuff so but anyway the the crazy shit was that 
um, Carson like made that format what it was and everybody who came after Carson did it the way that Carson did and so many people would come out and have a show for a year or two Mm -hmm. and would just get destroyed by Johnny Carson like Mm -hmm. every time and the first person who really did it and who got shine was Arsenio Hall and Arsenio Hall you know is is in the documentary Uh, obviously Carson's dead yeah Um, so all the stuff of him is footage but then they're saying uh, uh, Arsenio's just like well, so you're not going to beat Carson at Carson, so you just have to try to get what Carson viewers' kids want to see. And that's what Arsenio Hall was oh, back cool. then. It was just like... I didn't know that. Yeah, because the, I guess the, he wasn't getting young people to watch, and so Arsenio did because he, had he was... All the rappers. Rappers. <laughs> we had all we the rappers. He was more in touch. He had the, the living color dudes on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De La Soul was famously uh, dissed on Arsenio <laughs> Hall and then like referenced it in a song later, which is like they really had a chip on their shoulder. I guess he called them like hip hop hippies or something. And they just like, you yeah, know, we're trying to get away from that. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get to see why. But they kind of are. They're really amazing live. Yeah. By the way, I yeah. saw them um, at ATP Festival uh, late last year and or earlier this year. My bad. And um they had like an eight piece band and it was the craziest shit. Like it was so good. Like they're so good live. Yeah. So entertaining. I don't know if that band is with them all the time. I, I heard that they, the band was from like Paris or something like that. Oh really? Um, yeah. Then they play together, but whatever. The shit was dope. They, um, Scion first started putting like rappers with bands and touring them. And I got to tour on one of those tours with uh, Bun B and another one with Ghostface and uh, the other guys from the rub got to do other stuff. But once we were put with uh, De La Soul in Las Vegas uh, and it was me and DJ Hall like doing a video set and they, those bands were all people from Breakestra. It was like Orgone and um, Rhythm Roots All-Stars, like all these different bands that had come out of Breakestra mm-hmm. from L.A. And um, it was perfect, especially for somebody like De La Soul, because if if you're pl- like a band that your background is that you're playing everything from Ultimate Beats and Breaks, basically, with a big-ass band, like, well, great. So play with an old-school rapper, you know? So like they, those bands would be terrific yeah, like Big I kind of want to do something like that with Action did. Bronson because there's a lot of his right, sample yeah. based, and we actually we actually talked about it a, a couple of times. Maybe maybe it's something that could work out later on this year, but a, a full like seven or eight piece band with Action Bronson with like horns and guitar and like keys. I think that would be fucking tight. I haven't seen him live. Can it, is he is his vocal think, or is his vocal sound like big enough to carry that? Totally, I think okay. so. And, and his stage presence is just like. It's amazing, I think. Yeah. You know, he's just like so confident. He walks out there like larger than life and uh, and kills it. Yeah. Yeah. Larger than life. I mean, he's getting like up to big pun levels of large <laughs> at this point. Like that guy seems like he's eating himself to death. Um, God forbid. Uh, I, I think he's well aware. He's a he's a chef, man. He <laughs> likes to eat. He cooks his ass off. Oh, yeah, oh. I forgot he was a chef. Chefs yeah. are supposed to to take uh, speed though too. Like oh, yeah? he, he may have left out the. The They're supposed to? supposed to take speed. 
You just made that up, man. <laughs> you can't, just because you say shit confidently doesn't mean like it's the truth. I used to work in restaurants a lot, and I'll tell you that a lot of chefs take a lot of pills <laughs> I think to keep going. They just do a lot of cocaine, or at least in New York they do. Anyone in the restaurant business does. Yeah. I mean, I think that's after work. I don't no, think they're it's like. During work, too. They're cutting lines at work, like with Probably. the sushi knife. Chop, chop, chop. Why not? It's chop, there. Chop, chop. Chop style. <laughs> they do a good job. They do. What, hey, what restaurant is this? How, do, how can we? How do we know? Have you ever worked in a restaurant? Did you, did you in New never York? work in restaurants? No, I never. Oh did my that. god! Yeah. It's like, or anywhere, because I've worked in restaurants in Miami, Orlando. Everyone's a raging cokehead. Everybody. Damn. Like, to the point where you I, are like, I I don't wouldn't go out with people from work ever, but like they would all have like a rager like every single night, and then you'd work the next day at six, and they're all like. Zombies? Not showing up or like sleeping still. Well, I guess it's better they do coke than weed because then there wouldn't be any food in the restaurant, right? <laughs> or they just forget. Well, it would never and, like, come out. The They'd service. be all hanging yeah. out. No, you kind of have to because you have to be like really on and happy. And I right. see why everybody does it. But I see why everybody's speedy, but it's not a fact that all chefs have to fucking. It's not a fact, take but speed. I can probably prove it in several places. I guess both of you guys can. Yeah. I'm always like in the front of the restaurant, I'm never like behind the scenes. like... Yeah, it's a, I mean, socially, it's a pretty ugly, like, scene, because it's super fucking stressful, and you've got all this cash, and in New York, the bars are open until four o'clock, and you'll and get out at a restaurant. And they for, like, two at, hours, yeah. at least. So they'll get, they'll yeah. get off at, like, you know, 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning, and then they go out and party, like, every night. Yeah. And so, and it's always at like divey bars, and they're spending, you know, mad cash on drugs. It's a and, and they like spend their whole shift. And everybody's like fucking each other too. That's the other yeah. thing is it's it's super incestuous and like just yeah, it's pretty gross. I gotta get a job in the restaurant you do. industry. You really like, don't. You should have done it. I was pretty turned up in in your early twenties. <laughs> it 20s. is pretty turned up. <laughs> oh man, that is wild. I used to work at a restaurant with Maggie Horn. Really? <laughs> like a long time ago. But that one wasn't that bad. But the managers. The restaurant? Yeah, the managers actually were the ones that were like worse than anybody. And at, With drugs? Yeah, and they, they actually got Were they caught. hitting on the chicks too? They were sleeping with each other. Oh. Yeah. And um, they knew exactly where to put. They were drinking all the champagne in the whole restaurant. And they knew exactly where to put the champagne right in this little part that the cameras couldn't see. Right. So they would always like put the glass down at this certain like t- like place. And I one day I walked in and like they had all been fired. The girl had been moved. She didn't get fired, but the main dude got fired. Mike Forty Ounce worked there too. Yeah. He might still work right. there. Shout so out. I don't want to say the name of it. Shout out to Mike Forty Ounce. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. <laughs> Ian's, no, he's yeah. Uh, he's, uh, Mike Fortiance is Ian's personal trainer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Mike Fortiance. Ian walked in here with McDonald's earlier. Yeah. But <laughs> Dang, totally. This show is crazy, man. <laughs> Blue is. <laughs> yeah, blown up. <laughs> uh, Spot blown. So uh, I've got a, um, a confession to make. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> we were supposed to vote in the primaries. And um, not only did I not vote, like, I don't know who won. And the only person I knew that was running is, is uh, Anthony, Anthony Weiner. Yeah. Um, this year was tough. 
well, the voting thing was tough this year. Did you vote? But I voted. Um, I did you vote I, on like party lines or did you? Um, no, it is it is right. Like the only thing you could really do is like vote working families if you want to do something different. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like I just did because I can't really bitch about my mayor unless I vote. So, you know, but um, it was really hard to figure out what was going on because we don't really know a lot about that but the older we get it's just kind of like oh we should probably do these things because like we're paying taxes here and or at least I am anyways and like these are our rules now we're all getting apartments and it's a lot though to to like figure out who your council person is and all that stuff well I just based mine over who had the best sound system at the West Indian neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) Elliot Spitzer out. Oh my god! <laughs> Worst sound system. We decided. Anthony Weiner. Did you see that video of Anthony Weiner at the West Indian Day Parade? I, I I couldn't, I couldn't because it seemed like something that you would watch and it would make you cringe and I, I just can't do. I saw it in real life without knowing it was going to happen and like, Whoa. like it was. That was I the thought, best answer. Like, uh, that, was, it was, <laughs> that makes so much sense. It was so insane. So wait, what did he do though? He was. He said, he just vote for Bumblebot Wiener. And he was like, who here is from Jamaica? And we're like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. No, this is not happening. And he was going, bo, bo, bo. And oh I was just was like. Was he really? Yes. That's why I don't go to the West Indian neighborhood. No, it was so good. It was best thing ever, one of the best things I've ever seen in my That's life. It's too dangerous. But, no, you have to go early. Because people don't get weird until, like, like two or three. Until, like, 4 a.m. the night before. <laughs> June, I'm just not a big parade person. But the beginning of the parade is super chill. Like, everybody wants to see stuff. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Then, like, the afternoon rolls around. The cops start getting weird. Like, the second I was out, like, well, I saw Well, and then everybody the also starts in. following the Everyone's big wasted. floats, too. Everybody's, like, get, goes through the barriers, and they're walking with the floats, yeah. which is sketchy. Oh, and Marty Markowitz had a float, too, with what's-her-name, that Quinn lady. And he was screaming... <laughs> this isn't no Miley Cyrus party. We're all <laughs> he said um, just gyrating and what did he say? No, it was did Marty. He say twerking? No, he didn't say twerking, but his point was like you shouldn't be listening to Miley. Like he was screaming it at, at, on his float. Oh, what did he say? He said just I don't know. Read a book. Just gyrating and something. I I was just like am I re-? I was like texting my mom like if you were here right now be dying. <laughs> I've, I've DJed a couple of events where Marty Markowitz spoke. He's crazy. God damn, he's the best. He's the Brooklyn Borough president, and he's he's really like a character. He's like a like you'll see him at nine a.m. in the subway in Brooklyn with a megaphone, <laughs> screaming "Good morning, beautiful people of Brooklyn!" Right, and you're yeah. just like, "Oh my god, this dude!" And he made all those signs that say like "Leaving Brooklyn, Oyve." Like, that was all him. Yeah, leaving Brooklyn? Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, like, he's totally out yeah, of his mind. But he, so he loves great. Brooklyn very much, so... He, he really we does. We can't be mad at that. I love Brooklyn, too. Yeah. A lot, but I'm not doing any of those things. If you, <laughs> well, your job isn't to go, like, speak at a baseball game. Should be. It really should. We'll work on that. It's kind of the best job. We can make it. it happen. How? Okay. I don't know. I don't think... If you were like, I want to speak at this baseball game... I have a few words. Hey, New York Yankees. It's me, Rufio. And uh, I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> but I wouldn't say anything at a sports event. I don't follow sports at all. I need basketball season in my life again now. I don't follow sports either. 
Rogan. I've got I like, a I like jersey on today. As Ayers versus Knicks jersey. Yeah, I mean, I have a... Patrick Ewing jersey. I have a Brooklyn Dodgers jersey. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but so does everybody else in New York. It's Not okay. a Jackie Robinson. Oh, no, wait, they have a Brooklyn a basketball um, jersey. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big sports dude. I want to start looking at or watching and playing soccer, though. They have a, uh, a version of soccer in my neighborhood because I live right by the parade grounds, mm-hmm. um, more or less in Flatbush. Uh, and it's the, I guess, the Jamaican version of soccer... Um, but it seems like there's African guys that do this too, where you just run around and scream obscenity to each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then every now and then somebody will kick the ball. And then you argue about who did what for a long time. Yeah. And everybody yells at each other. And then, That's but the it seems exact like it never same ends. thing as too. the Hasidic Jewish baseball games in Williamsburg. Really? <laughs> like literally, that's they get what, fights? yeah. They oh my god, I've seen like one break another one's nose before. What? Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, I feel like I live in a weird bubble where I don't see any. Where of these do you live? Things. I live in Bedside. Bedside's pretty normal, I yeah. think. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, it's pretty like it's pretty chill. Well, I used there. to live in Williamsburg too, and not, even then, like, you've I'm, never seen Jews never versus seen regular people mm. on the baseball field. <laughs> regular people. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah, this show is too crazy, like, man. Is it like this all the time? Yeah. You guys just like spit It's actually out way crazy worse. Facts. Yeah. Are you guys being tamed because I'm here? I'm no. Get to know guy. us. I, um, this is fun. Uh, I'm learning so much. The, the, uh, the best sport to me uh, in Brooklyn is uh, what... Cosmo Baker calls uh, Mexican hand soccer. Oh, yeah, that's what it looks like. <laughs> I've seen that before. Yeah, which is at, at like McGinnis, but in really anywhere where there's dirt on the ground and no grass. <laughs> and a really but, high net. Yeah, really high net. I was, I'm always Everybody's like they... four feet tall. There's no spiking. Like n- No spiking. They could it's spike it kind of under the net because nobody's tall enough it's to like, get up to the net. It's like trick volleying. Yeah. It's like juice. <laughs> Like, almost how, like, they juke in football, mm-hmm. but they're just like, oh, psych, I'm using my left hand this time. And that's how they score, right? Yeah, and also wild double dribbling, like, whatever the, the hand soccer version of double dribbling is, like, they set themselves up and shit. You drink a lot of beer, and you also have to just, like, kick up wild amounts of dirt. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know <laughs> a, a Mexican hand soccer game because it looks like 10 pig pins. <laughs> from I have Brown. no so exactly idea what, what you're talking looking. about. What? I thought you were talking about like the handball. No, it's like when they set up those really high nets. It's volleyball. They, they play volleyball, but with like a soccer ball, and they toss it over the net. But it's yeah, there's like <laughs> a lot of dust that flies <laughs> out. Like they're like birds, like dusting their feathers off, and just like a bunch. But the cool thing about it is there's always a really good taco truck around those, yeah. those events. Actually, a lot of the people in McCarran play churros. sports really late at night, and then like they all bring out the churros and stuff. It's usually like midnight. I guess a lot of them get off work and then they play, but that's cool because then I can go running at like one a.m. and the lights are still on. Right. And there's like mad people around. It's safe. Me- Mexican hand soccer is often uh, hipster kickball adjacent. True. At least it is in McCarran Park. Yeah. Yeah. I never noticed. I I don't think I ever noticed the dirt thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot you, of dirt. you can't a lot see of dust. it. It just looks like a sandstorm <laughs> with a net peeking out of the top. <laughs> I kind of want to draw a picture of that. 
yeah. like, just like the net. Charlie just, Brown's like, friend. Of, like, uh, yeah, pig pen. Pig pen, yeah. Yeah, we need some fan art. If anybody's listening, tweet at us. Okay, where were you on 9-11? 9-11, I was, ooh, I was in high school, and if I'm not mistaken, I was like the person in my class that noticed that there was smoke coming out of one of the Twin Tower buildings. Where was your school? Bushwick. I went to Bushwick High School. Mm -hmm. And from the top floor of my, I think it was like Earth Science class or something like that, I look out and it's like smoke. I was like, oh, this can't be good. And then there was an announcement from the principal. And it was weird because that day, like, my mom had to come up to the school to see the dean because I wasn't, like, the best kid in school. And uh, um, I wasn't bad or anything. I just, like, I thought I was smarter than everyone. So I just did my thing. Um, but, yeah, so it kind of, like, saved me in a really weird way from getting in trouble because everyone was so distracted at the destruction that happened in the city. Yeah. Um, and then New York totally changed. Right. Instantly, it felt like. I felt like people were just like, oh, shit, like, shit can get real here. You know, I, I feel like people didn't realize that that could happen, like, oh, at home, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was crazy. And so I was in Brooklyn. I wasn't, I was away from all like the chaos in the city. But I hear tons of stories of like friends that went to schools in Manhattan had to like walk over the bridge and just like it being really intense and, uh, smoky and cloudy and yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. People being stuck to, on like, the subways the yeah, and shit Imagine too. being like in the subway during that, like even the I photos, like it's just like, my way in. like yeah. walking out the tunnels yeah. too. You know, like getting yeah. evacuated out of a train with a thousand people going to work. That, and that have no to idea what's tunnels. going on yet, mm -hmm. like at all. It, it was it's a pretty intense uh, situation, but like, man, that was that was uh, intense. I feel like for people who are here and who went through it, we maybe I I don't think got over it is the right way to put it but um it's it's kind of part of the fabric I think we're just desensitized a little bit to it uh, maybe I mean that's what it seems like because after obviously there's like the morning ceremonies and all these things and then after that it was just like the health issue stuff that came my and it uncles was just like, both had to have like had to quit they're both firemen like mm -hmm. three of them and they had like black their lungs are like so fucked yeah, they that, had to quit and like retire early and yeah, stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? There's yeah. like tons of these stories and I, I feel like it was so um, devastating and, and just brings up so many like bad emotions that people kind of try to. Yeah, they also have like obviously like a lot of depression mm -hmm. and like it's like fuck them up forever, you know, like, yeah. like it, it totally changed people's <laughs> lives. I'm, I'm really yeah. like I'm. I'm super lucky that uh no, no one immediate like in my immediate like circle of friends and friends of friends and you know what i mean like had to oh, yeah. really deal with like any death and stuff like i had friends that lived in the area who lost their apartments and lost like their pets and stuff like that yeah. which is just as crazy you know having to just move from the place you grew up your whole life um but yeah this it, it's uh it's a it's a lot that that comes with this nine eleven day that no one really no one I've been around today really said anything about it. Well, that's what I was going to say is that that the the thing is that if you were here and if 
if if you've lived here since then, like it's kind of part of the fabric of living here and you don't ever completely forget about it. But today doesn't, it doesn't, today doesn't feel like the day. It doesn't feel to me. It doesn't feel like the Christmas of like tragedy. Well, or I stayed it's in Brooklyn all we, day. And when on my way here, it. all the firehouses had flowers in front of them and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh now it feels, you know, like, yeah, usually, I was in Hoboken today and that I went to the part that like, over like you can see like the freedom tower and all that stuff um and it was it was pretty somber actually like it it was a park a beautiful park and really hot day but it it, there was like a weird kind of you know like tension i I don't i don't know how how to really describe it but just looking at that space and just like knowing what it was like and how it was it's like like i don't want to think of about that yeah you know what I mean like and not not in the like a a way like I'm like I'm I'm totally like sensitive and my heart goes out to everyone that lost someone or like had to deal with the repercussions of 9-11 but like for me I just it just gets too overwhelming you know yeah just being a New Yorker like I grew up here my whole life I've seen, seen the the Twin Towers my whole life and then all of a sudden, yeah. that shit wasn't there anymore, and I mean, for a long time, there was a hole in the ground. And this is before the influx of like all these like rich hipster kids that moved to the the cool, peaceful, like happy, safe New York. But like I was here when it was the grimy, like you can get killed New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and there's still places like that. But all that to say is that like the shit's fucked up, and I was trying not to think about it all day. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, it. For me, it's really strange. I, I was on the roof. I lived in Williamsburg then uh, on Kent Avenue when um, now there's a high rise across the street from my old apartment uh, that actually lives in and a bunch Senate of other there, people. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, lakefront property, basically. It's yeah. like right on the river. It's it's beautiful. It's, it's like mini Miami. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it totally looks exactly like It looks like, like they just like, like all right, the we're going to cut out a little piece of Miami and and build it right here in the middle of Brooklyn. Except in Miami, you get you pay what I pay to live in a shitty South Williamsburg apartment to live in that building, and here you probably pay like five times as much as that. Oh, easily, yeah. And um, but so what was there when I lived there across the street from us was a garbage recycling center. <laughs> you know, that it was garbage trucks going in and out of this place all day, dumping trash, and then other garbage trucks like shoveling the trash back in and taking it somewhere else. There was no park. There was like nothing there. So we were up on the roof uh, watching like the towers fall with our naked eyes, you know, and uh, you didn't, then you didn't really think about, you couldn't grasp that there were people in it. You know, it looked like it, it It did fake. Yeah. (laughs) It looked like some shit from a movie. But, Um, but it, it, yeah, it did look like that. It didn't. It didn't really sink in. But but what it what I did re- remember thinking is like, oh shit, it's like the Statue of Liberty fell down, or like the Brooklyn Bridge fell down. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it, it's that it's it, it's or, an or like the pyramids. Place. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's one of the icons of New York City that 
isn't there anymore. Yeah. And now it's just. And that's all I could think about then. That's all I could figure out. Like, I I wasn't thinking about, oh, there's probably people jumping out the windows or something. Well, you saw it. Like, the footage was just, like, super. Yeah. Like, gruesome and and intense. Like, like everyone was freaking the fuck out. Like, I I remember that, like, crystal clear. I'm so glad there was no Twitter then. Oh man, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, cell phones didn't even. Yeah, work. cell phones uh, weren't working. Yeah, was, I couldn't get a hold of anybody. It like, was kind of fucking scary. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. Like, and so yeah. since we were really close, I mean, not really close, but like you know, twelve blocks from the Williamsburg Bridge, everybody who had to walk back from downtown mm-hmm. was like a lot of people were stopping at our apartment to, um, whatever you know. Use the bathroom. Is your phone working? Water, you know, you know I mean? can like, I get a glass of water? Family. Yeah, make a cup of coffee, whatever. It uh, it was real crazy. Mm. Like that that day was super crazy, and um, it it's just strange to me that that is also connected to like these wars and all this other shit that mm-hmm. like doesn't have anything to do with the people with us, the people who live here. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, this conversation could get really like deep on the conspiracy theory tip because there's a lot of um, opinions about what actually happened. And but it happens. Yeah. Everybody always has like a million things that they post, but it's like the point is. is that I don't happens? know very many people who live here who think that way because like you said, it was here. Yeah. You know? No, I'm talking about like the reason, like the reasons behind it, like it being like plotted by America and yeah like, yeah you know no, I know. Saying? just like uh, some yeah. crazy like I feel um, like the only people I hear that think those things though yeah they don't live here and they live like somewhere else and like I, I don't know, know. I, I talk to a lot of really interesting people <laughs> really that that talk about that kind of stuff sometimes but um I mean I think that it I think sorry I okay. mean it's it, it it's not that far fetched to be quite honest. No. You know what I mean? Like to to think that George Bush had something to do with destroying and murdering like a shitload of people for oil money. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, well, it's extremely cynical, and there's no there's no causality. There's no reason to think that that happened. Like it's. It's a fantasy. Yeah, and by, I'm not, not like defending it or yeah, anything. No, no, you know of what I'm course, I'm yeah. just saying like these ideas do come up when people discuss. Yeah, and it. And I love it. And also, like at this point, it's so far removed that like there's tons of 9/11 jokes on weird Twitter today too, which is it, 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 to me is like it. There, the, the, those are the same people who make lots of Hitler jokes and all that shit. And the thing is, like, it's never funny. You know, like the 9-11 jokes aren't funny and it's not because it's offensive. It's just because it's not funny. Like none of the yeah, jokes are funny. Yeah, but those people were no, like... I've never heard a funny 9-11 in joke. In diapers when that happened. <laughs> yeah, that's probably You know true. what I mean? Like half of these kids, like we forget that like we follow people that are way younger than us and we live in New York so we have no idea how old we even are anymore. And like nobody like... It was 13 years ago. Yeah, it was 13 years ago. Think about half Fuck. the people that are doing that. They were probably like seven. Yeah, you're right. They have no idea. Like they didn't have... They didn't know anybody here. They lived like wherever they lived. Yeah. And that's that's one of the stranger things about it. Good observation. When yeah. you, uh, I'm Nancy Drew of the internet. When you hear, when you hear people talk to like 
kids, like teenagers, yeah. about what their life was like then and like. The well, I was a teenager. I was 16 years old. I was no, no, no. But I mean, people who are teenagers now, now yeah, who are yeah. little kids when it happened, who didn't really understand what happened, but have like lived with that their whole life and lived with these wars their whole life and like, you know, how that changed things for people. I feel like their, their like outlook is darker than ours because they didn't yeah. know what things were like before then. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Ian yeah. said, do you remember the Challenger explosion? Yeah, I, was, I watched it on TV and I just thought like, oh, the thing's like drawing clouds in the sky. What year was that, 85? 86, I think. Yeah. Like, I, that I was crazy. Yeah, I mean, fuck, imagine living through Vietnam when they were showing all that shit on TV. Yeah, I mean, at that time, they didn't have iPhones to distract them from what yeah. was actually going on. So people actually protested and did shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, then totally. Now it's just like, now I'm going to tweet this. you complain about it on your Facebook yeah. page and you don't even do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's weird, man. Like, it's, it's not. You always forget, like, that, because especially in music, we have no idea how old anybody is. And we're put sometimes like in Miami it was not like that I was like oh I'm way older than this person but here you kind of would never notice because you're DJing and so is like the 20 year old next to you and then they'll say some shit like on Twitter or on Facebook and you're like oh why and then you're like oh yeah that person's 20 and I'm totally not you know what I want to <laughs> shout out Jay Faye uh, Jay Fay is a is a uh, is a DJ and uh, producer who I fuck with a lot who like makes Moombatone and makes some fast stuff too but he's like uh, Moombatone and some fast stuff too he's a uh, well he's like 19 or 20 years old he's a college student and he's like he's one of the only people I know who's young whose whose Twitter is like on point all the time like no bullshit like no putting himself out there like with really uninformed opinions yeah. or like saying dumb shit and like that i feel like that's rare so yeah big up jay fay big up jay fay big up jay fay for having a dope twitter <laughs> and making dope beats yeah tight and being 19 yeah he's young where does he live uh <laughs> i always say ohio and he always gets mad because it's another and i think it's missouri same shit it's all the same shit it yeah he's not, gonna be man. so bad when he hears just getting ohio <laughs> to the one person from ohio that's listening to this i'm sorry shout out to jay Faye from ohio <laughs> yeah i gotta bounce soon i think man yeah uh, so one more thing I'm really stoked too I'm in such a great like, mood I really want to party right now <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you're, uh, you're playing with Hannibal it's, Burris tonight right? yeah um, a comedy show where I will probably hear a 9-11 joke if someone's yeah. really <laughs> tacky and tasteless and insensitive you would definitely um, it won't be from Hannibal I know he has more than enough sense and sensitivity to not go there but yeah i mean it's weird man as enter entertainers if you will as people that distract people from real life shit whether it's by making music playing music acting telling jokes whatever that is it's it's um i don't know it's it's kind of and i'm gonna have to do it right now because like now i'm thinking about 9-11 like a motherfucker <laughs> um it put on a, a show, if you will, like not necessarily show that I am kind of bummed out because of today. Do you drink? Um, I do. 
not heavily. I, in fact, I didn't drink all summer. I stopped drinking on my birthday. After my birthday party, I drank pretty heavily. And then, and then I just drank wine um, throughout the summer. No hard liquor, no beer. Yeah. I feel like that, that it helps me get in the mood for DJing. It's just like if I'm feeling bummed out, mm-hmm. have like one shot. You yeah, know, and well, like that would probably do the trick. Drink. It probably doesn't help that I'm super fucking stoned right now, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're uh, like thinking of your own conspiracy theories. You're like, what yeah, if? What if uh, ASAP Rocky? <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> um, no, no. Um, yeah, I Wait, don't know. Wait, we want to know what, what, what are the things you're thinking about. or I wasn't thinking about anything. I'm just being stoned and anxious, I guess. Um, where can people find you online? Um, I don't know. My online presence isn't that crazy. Like I Instagram a lot. I'm not really on Twitter that much. It's usually You're just posts from my Instagram. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I just like to post photos of what I I do and yeah. who I'm with and stuff like that because it's mm-hmm. it's always like fun to look back and be like, oh yeah, I did that. And then people seem to like seeing me do shit that yeah. they're not doing. You do a lot of cool shit though. Um, yeah, funny. Funny, I got paid more money to do it. It'll be a lot more fun. Yeah, seriously. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's a lot of fun, but <laughs> you're not um, kidding. No, I'm not kidding about not making money, but it is it is fun. Um, and I am learning a lot, and I'm growing, and I'm not, I'm in a really cool transitional place from being in a electronic punk rock band um, a few years ago to playing with a, a genius art rock band that I've been a fan of for a long time. Um, but it's only because like I, I put myself out there and I try to play at a level that I, I, I guess I just try to be the best. Yeah. Um, at whatever I decide to, to do at the time. Um, and it's been working out. Um, yeah, I don't know how to, like I don't ever want to sound like I'm bragging, you know what I mean? I don't want to come, ac- come across like a dick, but I work really hard, like I fucking, like I put in hella work. But there has to be sometimes when you look at what you're doing and yeah. you just be like, holy shit. Yeah. You're doing a lot and you just said you're trying to be the best, so it's not like you're trying to do nothing. You're working really hard, you're, you have No, that's ideas. true, but you know, I, I just, I guess I just try to be politically correct all the time, because like I just, I hate being Everybody's always bragging about the worst <laughs> shit ever. You're doing cool stuff. Well, thank you. Um, I mean, you, you guys are too. You guys are fucking two of my favorite DJs in the city. You know what I mean? Like, in America, probably. <laughs> and I'm not, this isn't like a fucking like gushing contest or anything, but you, you guys are dope. And I'm really stoked to be be here. It sucks that I have to bounce. So this has been so Circle soon. Jerk Podcast. Circle Jerk <laughs> Podcast with the... <laughs> no, but on some on some real shit, like, yeah, there's times when I'm stoked. Like, fucking Letterman pointing to me and being like, yo, you're, you're killing it right now. You know what I mean? Basically, yeah, I was just a, like, what sick. the... Like, you're he like, never hey, does that. Mom. Like, you know what I mean? I was just like, mom, I'm actually yeah. doing something legitimate, I think. You know what I mean? Um, but... Shit is real. Shit, shit is real. Like the drum stuff is is real. Like now I'm doing um, more production stuff. I started working with this this dope producer from uh, France named Yimno, and we started a thing called King Babar, mm-hmm. and that's been really fun. It's been like weird trap kind of like ambient kind of. I don't, I don't know. It's it's cool. Coming soon on TNA Records, maybe. Yeah, maybe the demos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to send some some demos. There is some stuff that uh, that I played for like uh, Skrillex and Boys Noise that they're really stuck on. That uh-huh. might be coming out later. Actually, oh, did cool. it with uh, Triple Exchange. Yeah, 
Shout out to the Triple Exchange. He's another one of what my favorites. What do you call it? Triple that? Exchange. Huh? What are you calling that? You and Triple Exchange. I don't know. We never. It's just me and Triple Exchange. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we don't have a name or anything, but we've been working. I mean, I, he's been one of my mentors for the yeah. past few years. He really got me like. Um, he's a fucking genius. Yeah. He is. <laughs> it's unreal. He is on on so many levels too. Not just not just music. He's no, just, of course. He's next level, and yeah. he's a really dear friend of mine. And he literally kind of just really opened my eyes to where you can take music and kind of like breaking boundaries when it. Like not limiting yourself, basically. It's just like, oh, and let's try a, that. He's you know a dope I mean? drummer too. Yeah, he's a dope, dope drummer for sure. Like th- he that's is? got. He plays yeah. jazz drums though. He's not like, you know, he's I it's different. That. But that, that's it. That's but he's his really like. Really good. That's his uh his way in. I mean, that's that's where he started yeah. was as a drummer. I had no and idea. So that's he's. I mean, when he started making beats, it was because he was weird a beat. Guy, because like he's because he, he can he, play beats with his hands. Yeah, but like that, the Spank Rock Yo 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 record is so dope. It's like nothing. Like I listen to it still to to this day, and I'm just like, what the fuck was this? Like, what was he thinking when he made this shit? Yeah, it's like sample based, like electronic music, like with crazy. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, shout out to Triple Exchange. There's enough jerking him off now. Um <laughs> And yeah. people can find you on Twitter, Instagram, yeah, under the name Rufio, Rufio with two E's. Two O's, two E's. R-O-O-F-E-E-O. I don't know why it's spelled that way. Um, I, it's just a nickname my friends gave me because I was away too much. And then I was back. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was touring a lot and, and uh, I came back and you know, like the Lost Boys returned. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but... Uh, shout out to to the guys that gave me this awesome nickname. That is now your name for everything. That is now my name for everything. All right, so you go. Uh, don't go get fired from uh, from work. Shit, I'm gonna get fired from work. I'm so late. <laughs> go 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 go. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna talk. see if it's even worth going at this point. This is more fun, actually. No, <laughs> it's actually pretty fun. Shout Hannibal's great. To shout out to Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris um, for listening. Sorry, I'm missing your. <laughs> my cues during your comedy show because I'm up here hanging out with my friends smoking weed. <laughs> um, shit. He'll never find out. Yeah, until I send him this podcast. Like, yo, listen to this around an hour past when I should have left. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Hopefully I can come back and, and chat with you guys again sometime soon. Yeah, happily. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, all right. So Rufio had to go. Uh, Jess Jubilee is still here. And Jess, you brought a song to I play. I brought a song. Uh, so tell us about it. Um, I have a song coming out. <laughs> I have two songs coming out, actually, with my friend Bert Fox, who is from Miami area. Also, that we've known each other for a really long time, and we've been working on this record for three years. Mm-hmm. And... We finally actually. So it's dubstep then. It's totally yeah. <laughs> it's actually it's actually um, new rave blog house. No, yeah. was that three years? No, that was more than that. Yeah. That was like six years ago. I think we're due for a blog house comeback. I'm down. Um, yeah. So it's it's basically the sound. It basically sounds like electro, but like real electro, not electron beat port like yeah. 
Miami. Miami, kind of electro. And we finally finished it. It's coming out on Trouble and Bass, so I'm really happy about that. And it's called uh, Keys, Wallet, Phone. Yes. Come on. So that's dope, and that is coming on Trouble and Bass, you said? Yeah. They're celebrating their anniversary. They are. It will be on Friday. I'm playing it. Yeah. And Alternate is playing, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. It's one of those things, too, where it's like, what is that going to be like? Yeah. 
Yeah, it could go either way, you know. I have a feeling it's going to be rad because Trouble in Bass has like really, really loyal fans, and I feel like it's their anniversary, and it's going to be crazy. And I just feel like that that the vibe will be right for it. Mm-hmm. And then Verboten will be in the other room, which is actually the room that I'm playing with Jesse Rose and Oliver Dollar. Yeah. So it's going to be a big. Fuck, that's such an ill lineup. It's going to be fun. Like, it's going to be really good. Uh, they, yeah, they don't. Uh, they they set the bar pretty high for themselves when they won the uh, the big Red yeah. Bull clash because they brought out Cameron uh, and then they uh, they brought out they brought out Robin uh, S Robin they S smashed yeah. it with that yeah and won I mean Cameron was cool but after the after the Robin S thing when Cameron came out it was kind of like oh cool look and there's Cameron too but like yeah. the Robin S thing was just wild. Like, there's, yeah, there's only in New York. There's not many places where Robin S just yeah. shows up. And the crazy thing about I guess there's also not many places where anybody would care about Cameron either. No, I mean, everybody point. cared, but like the crazy thing about the Robin S thing was like with that whole sound clash, basically what would happen was like two people, whoever it was, whether it be Nina Sky or Tiffa or whoever, would come on stage and everybody would already know who they are. But like nobody really knows what Robin S looks like right now. So like And she's probably a lot heavier than yeah, she was. Yeah, all back you then see too. is like this random woman like walk up and then yeah. like the music started and everybody was like, Oh shit. Like and oh. freaking out. So that that was also like pretty crazy because everyone else you recognize right away, you know. Okay, so everybody go to that. Uh, everybody listen to Mix Pack Radio. Mix Pack Sound System on Radio Lily. Radio Lily every, every Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. It's been good. I've been there mostly by myself. Sometimes Double Dutch will come. But I've managed to play dance hall and now stuff like what you just heard. Mm-hmm. Because it's two hours long. So I kind of like go. I like to play when it's daytime. Because I have that time slot where it's light out and then it gets dark out halfway through the show. Yeah. So like when it gets dark out, I start playing club music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and and you also when you walk in the door, the place is like so reggae out. Yeah, that you're like, I'm excited about reggae, and then like an hour later, you're, you're like, like, okay, okay. <laughs> I've heard but, reggae for yeah. way too long now. Back to reality. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they had some guy playing live there last night. Some guy named Patrice, mm. like a German reggae singer. Oh. Do you know who he is? Mm-mm. I don't know. He like played on the radio last night when I was done. And apparently he's really big. There's a there's somebody who goes after you who's like <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about her a little bit? Oh my god. First of all, I don't know where she's been. She's been like in Sweden or something. Her name is Dodo. And she's I don't know how old she is, but she's definitely like an older New Yorker. That is so insane. And like, she kind of like walks in there like, Rizla described it so well on Twitter to both of us. Like, she kind of walks in there like, all right, I'm setting up my own vibe. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? But she's very nice. But she like throws her vinyl down and then starts playing like really dubby reggae. And you can like barely understand what she's saying. What does she look like? She has dreads. And looks like an old New York hippie. Like an older New York hippie. She's white. Yeah. she's. I guess she's Swedish. 
I think. I wonder where they found her. I don't know, but she's amazing. And I think there's, she's just really, she's always late, but like, it's really funny because it's always like, okay, like how late is she going to be? You know, but then again, it's a reggae station. So everyone's going to be late. (laughs) Keep Austin weird. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Keep Austin weird. Like she's, she's mad weird, but I, I love her. She definitely like, she plays all vinyl and she's kind of like, get your Serato out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. She won't say it, but you catch Thanks, the Mom. vibe. Yeah. You catch the vibe when she walks in. You're like, all right, I better get out of this girl's way. Like, she needs to play her dub- W records. Ugh. She always smells like incense. <laughs> <laughs> so tight. I'm a big fan. We all are. Radio Lily, shout out to them. Yeah, um, shout out. Matt Goyas and Max Glazer. Uh, and this is Small Talk, and we're going to be back very soon with a big guest. Uh, so follow us. Follow Small Talk. This is Small Talk Podcast with DJ Ayers on Brooklyn Radio.